iPhone 12 leak just revealed a bad last minute surprise. What do you? A new rumor says the iPhone 12 mini could feature a less powerful B12 chip. And it says right here that this person does not have an established track record as a leaker, so, mm. Oh, come here. Wait, my account already. Sponsored by CuriosityStream with Nebula. Now, I get it. I mean, I really get it. I worked in exactly this kind of media for a decade. Uh, you know, I, I ran iMore and helped run Android Central and Windows Central. And I know the pressures that come from running big websites owned by massive corporations who one minute will say, do 10 more affiliate posts. We need to raise our affiliate revenue for this month and then do 10 more news posts. We need to get, you know, a million more views this month. And it's it's ridiculous. So I understand why just, you know, throwing up everything you can on the internet is one of the easiest ways to satisfy those demands. But at a certain point, it also becomes just noise. Noise to such an extent, it drowns out any signal. And it, it used to be that you would look at information and vet it before you presented it to your audience. You would say, this is reliable, this is sketchy, this is just impossible to tell. And the things that didn't serve the audience, you would not present to them. You would not add to that noise. But then slowly it was like, well, if there's a sketchy rumor, I can post about it in the morning and then I can say how it was wrong in the afternoon. And I sort of get two posts out of that and both of them will do really, really well. And now it just feels like anybody, like anybody who puts the word leaker in their Twitter profile and posts something outlandish will find some tech blog owned by some company somewhere that'll just post about it uh, and pretty quickly as well. But instead of just bellyaching about it, I want to do something productive about it. And that is break down the actual rumor itself to see if there is any validity to it, why there might be, and if it is something that Apple could, would, should do. So the gist is the iPhone 12 mini won't be getting the A14, but will instead be getting a B14, a lower power chip, sort of like how Qualcomm has the 700 series positioned below the 800 series. So could this be possible? Should this be possible? On one hand, Apple has done a really good job at scaling their chips. Even now, today, we have the A13 Bionic in everything from the iPhone 11 Pro down to the spring-released iPhone SE 2. And that is a wide range of price points, performance characteristics, feature sets, just SKUs in general. And it looks like the plan is to use the A14 and everything from the just-announced iPad Air to the upcoming iPhone 12. So again, a wide range of devices. And I covered how they do this in my video on the A14, how Apple just builds these chips for maximum efficiency, not just in terms of the chip itself, but in terms of how they utilize the resources, the talent, and the time of their silicon team so they don't have to make custom bespoke silicon for every device, which would just be a huge waste of resources. But, but, you do have other factors to consider with smaller devices, and namely that is smaller batteries. So for example, although everybody loves the original iPhone SE, there is almost no chance we'll get a modern version of a phone that size anymore, simply because putting a modern processor, an A13 and A14 in there, the battery isn't big enough. And if you get any spike in demand, if you're doing any sort of application that needs a burst of full out performance, there is a large likelihood that the battery couldn't handle it. The device would brown out and just turn off. You always need enough battery capacity to meet 
at least for a few seconds, that high burst demand of the processor. And for an example of this, we saw it with the whole battery issue previously when some batteries were aging out with iPhone 6, iPhone 6S, iPhone 7. And when that processor would spike, that battery couldn't handle it and it would just shut down. And that's when Apple started doing the whole performance management thing. And that's also the reason why the iPad was largely immune to this because iPad batteries are so much bigger than iPhone batteries that even if some of them had deteriorated, they were never at a point where a spike in processing would cause them to brown out. If for some reason the iPhone 12 mini has too small a battery capacity to handle maximum demand of an A14 processor, you could probably see the value, the merit in going with a slightly smaller step-down processor. Likewise, if it just lacks the capacity to provide power for a long enough period of time, whatever Apple sets as acceptable battery life for an iPhone 12 Given the size of the battery included in the Mini, you could see them running a smaller processor just to maximize that battery life. But again, I I find this rumor odd because we've already seen the A13 work fine in the iPhone SE. Yes, the battery life isn't great, uh, and that can be optimized, much further optimized for, but I haven't seen any uh, brownouts, any reports of brownouts. So I'm going to be super skeptical about this unless and until we see Apple actually announce something here, because like the article says itself, this comes from a Twitter account that has no track record. Get established or get out. (laughs) And I think part of the job is not to stress out, not to concern, not to cause anxiety in your audience about something that you're not reasonably sure is actually going to happen because then you're not just monetizing views, you're literally monetizing that anxiety. Next up, very similar article, very similar uh, Twitter account, very similar lack of a track record. And in this case, I think they're even using doctored screenshots in the tweet and just boom, right up in a publication that probably millions of people read. But I wanted to address something else here, and that is this trend of saying, sorry, Tim, uh, in front of all these leaks. And I I know John Prosser does it as a joke, but now everyone, again, who puts the word leak in their Twitter account and starts posting these things has copied that habit. Uh, And, you know, I'm sure... I'm sure Tim Cook is not happy when products leak, but this is not a Tim Cook thing. Tim Cook is a CEO who comes from a logistics division in Apple. This is purely a previously Phil Schiller and now Greg Joswiak, Jaws thing. That's the team that, if anything, has their plans disturbed by exactly these kinds of leaks. And again, a leaker leaks to a reporter, a reporter writes reports about leaks. So it, it, it seems cute and all, and it probably gets you a little bit of Twitter cred, but it's just it's so cringe. After seeing the iPad Air and the new version of Touch ID, the one that's built into the power button, another rumor making the round, sort of a hybrid rumor mixed with wishful thinking, is that the iPhone 12 mini, because the rumor is it'll have a smaller notch, the notch will be minimized, it may not have Face ID and may instead have Touch ID also in the power button. And there's really not been any good uh, reporting on this yet. It's hard to see Apple differentiating products within the same category and price range this way. It just feels like if it's gonna be a cohesive part of the iPhone 12 lineup, it would be like we're having OLED across the line and the modern design across the line will have Face ID across the line, especially because Face ID isn't just Face ID, it's the true depth camera system. And with it comes all the functionality of that system, including portrait mode on the selfie camera, even things like Animoji and Memoji. 
And if Apple was to cut out something as expensive as the true depth camera and features that have been so core to how they marketed these phones over the last couple of years, I'd think that this would end up being a different category of device. And in fact, we've seen rumors about exactly that another sort of iPhone SE device, an iPhone SE Plus maybe with an LCD screen and that Touch ID button. And it's it's super appealing because so many of us wear masks all the time now. And that really messes with Face ID's ability to grab the three points of facial geometry, the two eyes and the nose that it needs to make a secure authentication. And Touch ID just seems like a much more convenient biometric for that. But I think, again, that's probably for a different class of device. And then there are more rumors that next year, Apple's gonna be using their version of in-display fingerprint reader. I really hope, and I know a lot of people really hope that we'll get both because there are situations where face unlock is much more convenient and situations where fingerprint unlock is much more convenient. That's sort of how Apple does these things. Every year, they keep building on the same foundation. So they set up core technologies with a product like the iPhone 10 and then iterate on it for several years running, like the iPhone 10s, then the iPhone 11, now the iPhone 12 where the camera system is a steady set of improvements. The display system is a steady set of improvements. The processors are a steady set of improvements. And we just had the Google Pixel event. And it struck me how very different those strategies were because looking at the brand new Pixel 5, even though every year of Pixel phone is terrific unto itself, like Pixel 1, great phone, 2, great phone, 3, great phone, every year's model doesn't build on the previous one. In fact, it feels like a repudiation of the previous year's model. And in some ways, it's just fun. Like, we don't need a camera bump for the Pixel 1, but then the Pixel 2, oh yeah, we need a camera bump, but we don't need optical image stabilization. And then the Pixel 3, oh yeah, we need optical image stabilization, but we don't need two cameras. And the Pixel 4, okay, we need two cameras, but we're not doing that wide angle. That's just fun kid stuff. We're gonna do a telephoto for super res zoom. And then the Pixel 5, yeah, we're dropping that whole super zoom thing and we're going with a wide angle camera. And in the same way, we had the bathtub of all notches on the Pixel 3 and then the forehead for Project Soli and Google's version of Face Unlock with the 4 and now a hole punch and Face Unlock and Project Soli are just nowhere to be found anymore. And where Apple has sort of these strong opinions loosely held that are evolved year over year over year, Google has sort of these loose opinions pugnaciously stated and then quickly abandoned, almost immediately abandoned. And I sort of love both approaches because we get wildly different results out of each of them. But there's a limit to how deep I can go into this stuff here on this channel. And that's exactly why I started my new podcast with Georgia Dow. You can find it on Nebula, the streaming video platform I'm building alongside thoughtful creators like Jordan Harrod, TechAlter, Thomas Frank, Epos Fox, Polymatter, Braincraft, Jenny Ma, Legal Eagle, and many, many more. It's a place where we don't need to worry about demonetization or the tyranny of click-through rates or watch time or algorithms or anything like that, even ads. You can find all of my videos there completely ad-free and sometimes with bonus content. For example, you can get both the video and audio version of my new podcast with Georgia Dow on Nebula with not only the Apple topic and the general tech topic, but with a special bonus topic as well. So hang on, what exactly does this have to do with CuriosityStream? Well, 
as the go-to source for the very best documentaries on the internet. They love educational content and thoughtful creators. And we worked out this deal where if you sign up for CuriosityStream with the link in the description, not only will you get CuriosityStream, but you'll also get a Nebula subscription for free. And for a limited time, CuriosityStream is offering 26% off all of their annual plans. And 26% off is, by contract, the best deal you'll find anywhere. So click the link in the description and get both CuriosityStream and Nebula for 26% off. Or you can go to curiositystream.com slash Ritchie. It's a great way to support this channel and educational content directly and for just $14.79 per year. Just click on the link in the description or go to curiositystream.com slash Ritchie. And clicking on that link just really helps out the channel. For a ton more on the iPhone 12, hit the subscribe button and bell and click on the playlist above. I've already got videos up on every single new feature coming our way and the more reliable leaks as well. Lots more to come. So click the playlist and see you next video.